My name is Cortez Murray, your Everyday Medical Assistant, and welcome to the Everyday MA Podcast. Let's get started. up you guys i hope you guys enjoyed that little bitty tune in which was just playing that is actually the type of music we got some new music you guys so instead of using the you know templates of music in which you know i'm presented with went out did some digging and found some right so if you guys are familiar with lo-fi you already know that this is like lo-fi type of music and it's called it happens by chief so make sure you go ahead and check out chief's music because you know they're pretty awesome right and before i get the podcast started i wanted to go ahead and just thank each and every single one of you guys for tuning into the podcast for just clicking on it because you know it means a lot i appreciate every single person who wants to tune in and listen into it it just you know it means a great deal to me so i appreciate it thank you but today's topic we're going to be talking about something that kind of you know hits home for a lot of people and even myself in a way because um the disease in which we're going to be talking about, you know, a lot of people have it and even some people in my family have it. So let's get into it. We're going to be talking about diabetes. So what are some hot words to listen for throughout the podcast? We're going to go over a couple. So the first one is going to be diabetes, right? And diabetes is a medical condition, medical condition in which your sugar levels are elevated. Right? That's the first one. Second one is pancreas. The pancreas is a vital organ that everyone has, and it produces the hormone insulin needed to regulate your glucose. Speaking of insulin, that's going to be another hot word that we're going to be listening out for. It's a hormone produced by the pancreas, pancreas, I'm sorry, (laughs) to regulate your glucose. Another one is glucose, otherwise known as sugar. So when you hear glucose throughout the podcast, just think of sugar, right? Another one is going to be risk factors, and basically a risk factor in this case is going to be an act that increases a person's chances of developing the disease, diabetes. A couple more, we got A1C, and the A1C is a lab test, and it gives a measurement of how well your body has been controlling your glucose level over the course of two to three months. And the last hot word to listen out for is endocrine. And endocrine is basically a system in your body that regulates hormone secretion to the bloodstream via your glands and organs, things like that. And uh, the organ and primarily we're going to be talking about today is your pancreas because your pancreas is actually the one that's secreting that hormone in which we talked about insulin. So what is diabetes? This is an endocrine system disease in which your body I'm sorry, in which your blood glucose or blood sugar levels are too high, basically meaning that they're elevated. And where does glucose come from? Glucose or sugar comes from the food you eat, the everyday foods, uh, your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, things like that. 
And why are we talking about diabetes? Why is, why is talking about diabetes so important, right? So two reasons. The reason that we're going to be going over it today is to help fellow medical assistants give patient ed- education about diabetes and why controlling their blood sugar is important. And secondly, also to help someone who is not in the medical industry but is suffering from this condition learn about it and learn some natural ways to lower your everyday overall glucose levels or basically your you know your sugar intake, right? So in this podcast, we're going to be talking about two main types of diabetes, right? We're going to be talking about type 1 diabetes, insulin dependent, and type 2 diabetes, insulin or non-insulin dependent, right? So what are the difference between type 1 and type 2? I kind of just said it a little bit. One is insulin dependent, right? So type 1 diabetics, they're insulin dependent. Their pancreas does not produce insulin, so they must inject themselves as prescribed by their healthcare provider, right? In type 2 diabetic patients, they, they can either be insulin dependent or non-insulin dependent. From what I've seen and from my experiences, I usually see that they start off as non-insulin dependent and then over the course of time, it could probably turn into insulin dependent if their glucose levels are not controlled over a long period of time. So their pancreas in type 2 dependent, I'm sorry, in type 2 diabetes patients, their pancreas just doesn't produce enough insulin. It's not keeping up with the sugar intake in which we're putting in our bodies to secrete, you know, that hormone. The hormone insulin is just not enough for the glucose in which, you know, is, which is, you know, coming out and going into the system. It has to regulate it, but if it's too much, you know, it's an overload. So what is insulin and how does it help your sugar or glucose levels, right? So insulin, as I said a little bit earlier, it's a hormone that is produced naturally and it helps regulate your blood sugar levels so that it does not lead to hyperglycemia, which is basically elevated sugar in the bloodstream. This can lead to stroke, heart disease, nerve damage, and possibly a diabetic coma, which is definitely life-threatening. So this is why making sure that you know your glucose levels are within normal range, this is why it's important to know um, whether or not you have diabetes that runs in your family, whether, you know, just a whole bunch of things. These are just things that you need to listen out for because diabetic comas, heart disease, stroke, and hyperglycemia are definitely things that you do not want to just be walking around having or have experienced, right? So as I said earlier, patients who are diabetic, they lack insulin meaning their pancreas, again, isn't producing enough insulin to keep up with the sugar intake, or the pancreas isn't making insulin at all. Uh, I've definitely seen that this is most common in uh, type 1 diabetic patients, but their pancreas is not producing insulin, so they are what we call insulin dependent. So they need insulin in order to stay afloat, if you know what I mean. No pun intended. So... How is diabetes diagnosed, right? What are the diagnosis values of diabetes? Let's go over some. A fasting glucose of under 100 is normal range, right? 
and a fasting glucose of 125 and less is considered, I'm sorry, 125 through 100 to 125 is considered pre-diabetic. And a fasting glucose of 126 and above is diagnosable of diabetes. So if you're fasting, say you typically eat dinner around 6 p.m., right? Say you eat from, you ate at dinner at 6 p.m. and let's say the very next morning, you haven't had anything, no snacks and anything to drink or anything to drink or eat, no midnight snacks or anything after that. You came to the doctor's office, say around 12 p.m. in the afternoon the next day, and you got a fasting glucose of, let's say, 145, right? That person can be considered diabetic. That's diagnosable, right? So these are things that you want to work out for. I'm sorry, listening out for. It doesn't work out for a while. But let's talk about the A1C because we mentioned that a little bit earlier in the podcast. So an A1C of 5.6 and under is normal, right? And A1C of 5.7 to 6.4 is considered pre-diabetic, right? And an A1C of 6.5 and higher is diagnostic of diabetes. So what are some signs and symptoms of diabetes? How do you know that you possibly can have it or someone in your family has it? Well, there are some, there are some signs and symptoms in which we can kind of pinpoint a little bit. So some early signs include excessive thirst and hunger. Um, another one is frequent urination, unexplained weight loss, um, which can also be a thyroid issue. Um, so you might want to get like your T4, T3 checked or your TSH checked just to see if there's anything wrong there. But you don't want to just just because you have unexplained weight loss. It could mean a lot of things. So we don't want to jump to diabetes or um thyroid issues that's why you know proper proper investigation proper family history proper you know history of present present illness and all that stuff needs to be acquired first so the physician can order you know the proper labs in in which that you need right so what are some other symptoms Another one that I've seen and uh, heard of is sometimes patients start to get, you know, blurry vision after a while. Um, we already talked about the frequent urination and unexplained weight loss, but another one in which I've seen personally, not in myself, but in a family member is sometimes blurry vision. Right? So what are some risk factors for diabetes? You got obesity. So obesity is definitely going to be a risk factor for a lot of medical chronic conditions. Inactivity, meaning a lack of physical activity, meaning a lack of exercise. And sometimes it can be genetic. Um, sometimes, you know, it's like I said earlier, you want to make sure that diabetes doesn't run in the family. So sometimes it's gen genetic, right? Abnormal or high cholesterol levels. You know, you have your cholesterol levels, your HDL, your good cholesterol, which we like to um, call it, and then your LDL, your bad cholesterol. If those numbers are out of whack, sometimes they can lead to diabetes or diabetes can lead to high cholesterol, right? Excessive sugar intake, meaning just bluntly, you're just eating too much sweets and too often, right? 
your pancreas has to keep up with the sugar intake in which that you're, you know, you're eating. If you're eating chocolate chip cookies, you know, just all day, every day, of course, your pancreas is going to have to keep up with that. But keep in mind, there are definitely, this is kind of where genetics come into play, because there's definitely people who can eat and drink like all of these sugary, you know, processed foods, and they are totally fine. They can have an A1C of, you know, 5.2 or something like that, right? That's normal. But on the other hand, there's definitely going to be some people that, you know, they, they eat one cookie, they eat two cookies, they eat three cookies a day, and that insulin, like they have a, I guess you can call it an insulin spike, right? Because they're not, well, you can have, I'm sorry, a sugar intake spike because they're not keeping up with, the insulin is not keeping up with the sugar intake in which you, you know, you're putting in your body. That's kind of where the genetics come to play in that, in that aspect, at least. So what are some things that you can do and take action now and you can tell your patients um, if you're a medical assistant or if you're not a medical assistant, what are some things that you can do to prevent diabetes? So let's talk about some things. So it's going to be the complete opposite of the risk factors in which we talked about. Things you can do are, like I said, find out if diabetes runs in the family and just simply ask someone, right? Ask your mom, ask your dad, ask your, you know, your grandma, you know, a relative. Ask someone if diabetes runs in the family and go and talk to that person. If it does, go talk to that person who has the diabetes. See, ask them like, hey, when did you find out that you had diabetes? What were some of your signs and symptoms in which you had? What, like, what preventions do you, that you that you take? Did you take? I should say. And um, you know, what are some things that you are doing now to keep your diabetes up under control? Right. Also, maintain a good body weight. Excess fatty tissues decrease the effectiveness. I'm sorry increase (laughs) I'm sorry maintain a good body weight because excess fatty tissues decrease the effectiveness of insulin is what I was trying to say my apologies so yes like we talked about a little bit earlier those elevated cholesterol levels especially the bad cholesterol is definitely going to wear off that effective effectiveness of the insulin that is trying to target those glucose target that glucose right So you want to be aware of that. So you definitely want to partake in daily exercise. 20 to 30 minutes of physical activity burns carbs, calories, and gets rid of that extra glucose and lowers just overall cholesterol cholesterol levels. I can't even speak to that. (laughs) Lowers overall cholesterol levels so that you don't have a diagnosis of high cholesterol or hyperglycemia or diabetes and things like that. So you want to just be mindful of that. So daily exercise, that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm just always, I guess, talking about. Um, so I definitely a huge advocate for that, because if you can keep your diet and your exercise, you know, intact, you can prevent a lot of chronic conditions in which, you know, I see on a daily basis, right? So, so lastly, while you're watching your weight and partaking in your daily exercise, don't replace all your good hard work that you put in by indulging in sweets afterwards. This completely defeats the whole purpose of you 
putting in all that hard work, right? Completely defeats the purpose. So maintain a healthy diet, right? But don't get too, don't get too uh, caught up in the, the, the diet part of it because sometimes it can, it can have a lot of stress on your mind. So you don't definitely want to become obsessive over that. And just, just keep in mind that, you know, a cookie here or a piece of candy every now and then is, you know, is okay. You know, you just don't want to overindulge in these things. So those were some of the preventions in which you can take as of right now to control the basically the likelihood of you getting diabetes, right? That's something that not everyone wants, um, but yeah. But so what if you already have it, though? Still take and do all the preventions and st- preventatives and steps to control your blood sugar. This will help you in the long run, and you'll start to see changes in your A1C value as well, because remember, you're doing your A1C every three months, I know here in the office, we do it every three months. So you're going to see that value decrease every single you know, time that you get it done. I mean, say if let's do it. Let's work out this scenario, right? You have a pre-diabetic at um, he has a A1C of 6.2, right? 6.2. Come in three months later just to kind of get a check on that diabetes, making sure that it's, you know, controlled, right? Comes into the office, gets his A1C check, has a diagnosis of diabetes at that point because he has an A1C of 6.7. It jumped up 0.5, right? But that 0.5 just put him in the diabetic range. So he definitely has the diagnosis of diabetes now. Just a little scenario to kind of get give you a little example so you can picture it in your mind. So if you already have diabetes and you're suffering from this disease, it's definitely not the definitely not the end. Take all the preventative steps in which I talked about a little bit earlier, and the steps in which your healthcare provider personally tells you about, because that is something that you're definitely going to want to keep under control. Um, and the reason that diabetes kind of hits home for a lot of people and me personally for the simple fact that I has actually had an uncle who passed away from diabetes. He was a type 1 diabetic, so he was insulin dependent. And um, he passed away at the age of 33. So that was, it was definitely heartbreaking. I was younger as a child and I didn't understand, but I just knew he had a medical condition and I knew he was young. 33 is young. And he passed away from diabetes. So a lot of people are in that situation. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make this podcast and let you guys know about diabetes. What are some things that you can correct in your everyday um, activities in which you can control your glucose levels? And if you do have it, then what are some things and steps that you can take now to kind of get it under control, right? And also, fellow medical assistants out there, this, I just also wanted to make it for the simple fact that we all need some, you know, patient education 
you know, about it for ourselves as well. And also to, you know, help your patients if they ask you a question about it. So maybe maybe you can give them something from the podcast. Hopefully you took something from it. But overall, I'm just glad that I was able to make it make this podcast about diabetes so you guys can be informed about it a little bit. Um, I only touched on a little bit about the disease. So if you want to know more, make sure you contact your healthcare provider so they can give you more proper patient education on it. Right. And they have a relationship with you, so they'll definitely be able to tell you a lot more than this podcast will. But again, you guys, I thank you and I appreciate each and every single person who clicked on the podcast to listen to it. It definitely means a lot to me. Um, currently, I know I usually do this at the beginning of the podcast, but currently it is 7.40 a.m. And this has been the Everyday MA with your host, Cortez Murray. I thank you guys for tuning in. I will see you guys on the next one. Peace out.